0: ebb and flow inspires persistence and determination during the rhythmical patterns of decline and regrowth in life. Each episode, I bring on an inspiring and influential voices who are here to help us stand strong and walk through the ebb moments of life and propel us to the peak of our health physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually so we can live our life in the flow individually and collectively. This includes strategies, habits, routines, Focus, tricks, questions, and much more that we can use to live our life in the best way in order to maximize our service to others. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you're as excited for the Ebb and Flow podcast as I am. But to make sure you don't miss any episodes, subscribe now on any stream, check out YouTube, or visit solomonezra.com to learn more. Pets have been shown to provide powerful benefits for reducing our stress and elevating many feel-good hormones like oxytocin. Whereas we can receive much support from our animals, there's also a lot we can learn from them. It turns out that training an animal to learn a new habit can support how we humans learn as well. My good friend and guest today is the founder of Woofs & Purrs, Anna Bartasuk. She is a dog and cat trainer with a PG cert in animal psychology. She has learned from and trained with many well-known behavioral psychologists and animal trainers, and is here to share her knowledge of animal behavior to create a harmonious life for caregivers and their pets. On this episode, we talk about Anna's background, and introduction to the field, behaviorism, the differences between reinforcement and reward, learning and extinction curves, and how we can build a strong relationship with our pets. I hope you enjoy this episode, perhaps while walking your dog. Hello there, Anna. How are you doing?
1: Hello, Solomon. I'm very good. Thank you.
0: Of course. I'm really excited to uh, speak with you today because I also love animals. And I'm very interested in behavior changes and what we can learn from, you know, our pets and how we can apply uh, training with them into our own lives. But uh, before we begin, can, can you offer a little bit of a background of yourself and how you became really passionate about not just dogs as domestic, uh, you know, caring things we live with, but, uh, you know, studying them, learning about them, and wanting to help other people with their pets.
1: Yes, perfect. Um, thanks for the invite, by the way. I really, really um, appreciate it. Um, and I love to talk about behavior, as you as you already know. So so I'm very grateful for this opportunity. So thanks for having me. My pleasure. Um, so where where did this all started? Um, basically, I always loved animals. So so just like you, I just love animals. And then I I had a dog when I was like eight, I think, or something like that. We got a husky. Mm-hmm. I always, yeah, I always wanted, wanted a dog. Like for me, it didn't matter. I, I loved animals to this point that it doesn't matter. I just wanted a, a dog. Well, possibly even like a cat, anything. Honestly, I love animals. I always was like that um, and, and then we got a husky um, and you know so for me it was just brilliant and ever, everything was amazing but I always heard that um, huskies are, are a type of breed that you can, cannot really train. That's what I heard when I, in the place that I grew up. Mm. Um, and my aunt had a husky as well and she took him to, to the training class and it didn't work um, the dog learned nothing. So that's what we heard, that's what we thought, and, and that's it. Um, and then, so my husky died when he was 16 years old. So, you know, old age.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so he lived with us very long. So we are appreciated of that, um, that we had him for so long.
0: Did you get um, him he was just born? And
1: or? only just then. Yeah, yeah, we got him as a puppy. I think it was three months, something like that. Um, So he lived with us the whole, you know, his whole quite a long life as a as a big breed. Um, And only just then I was like, so what do I do? And I went to a animal shelter with my friend um, to walk the dogs because I was like, I I don't have a dog right now. I don't know what to do. And I was studying in a different place than uh, than my dog actually was. Um, So I was already missing him. Uh, and 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 so I started to work in uh, animal shelter to just just walk the dogs, just to be around them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started to look for. So what can I do? Can, how my, maybe I can learn something? What, I just didn't know anything. Um, and I came across. Uh, um, you know, I was just googling, and I came across uh, postgraduate studies in Warsaw in animal psychology. And I applied immediately, and I, and that's what I done. Um, so I have a postgraduate studies um, in animal psychology, and uh, and I've already had. Uh, th- that was my fifth year of um, management and marketing. So, so I already you had a master- business. Yes. Mm. Um. So I have master in in management and marketing. I finished that, and then I went to animal psychology, and then it was just it clicked so much. Yeah. It was just I loved every minute of it, and it was only like weekends and and once a month or something like that so it was not you know not, not not like a full year um but but I loved every single minute of it um I was traveling from from one town to another for 8 hours in train just to get there because it was so amazing so I would do anything the school? Yeah for
2: the school Wow
1: yes um yeah and then I found out that there's someone one of the um lecturers she she studied um, about animals in UK. And I already had cousins, two cousins in the UK. Um, and then I decided that I want to move to UK because I want to learn more. And that's what I did. Um, so I moved to UK. Um, I found any job that I could, you know, just to, just to be in the UK, and just to rent the place and, and stuff. Um, and again, I couldn't have animals because I was renting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we had cats that, that were visiting, so at least I had dad. Which is amazing because you know, like, I really love animals, um, but and it took me a while to find something, and I found um, puppy school, and and I started to, to volunteer there. So I was I was training puppies, six puppies in the class. I was just like, there's no no better things than that, um, and and as you know, as a, as a volunteer, so 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 just learning and and helping and and do courses with them and then i found out about all of the conferences that i could mm-hmm. go to and and it was the the conference that was called um Wolf. so the Woof conference that was um, the first one yes i think so i think it was yeah, it was it was the first one that i was as well that i went to and it was two years ago or something like that um yeah two years oh, ago
0: this, this all happened very quickly
1: i think so yeah it was when i entered the field it was just like i'm not you know i'm not missing the opportunity anything yeah. it was and i was just kind of you know fortunate as well to 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 meet the people and just and i just talked with them and then asked about that uh, i was looking for for more information and and this conference was just that's that's what opened my mind to, mm-hmm. to all of the behavior because uh the, the the best speaker for me was the person that was talking about um, zoo animals, wild animals. Um,
0: I think you and meant- that
1: shifted my mind. That that just completely opened. Sorry.
0: I said I think you mentioned on one of your blogs. It was the name of uh, Steve Martin. Yeah.
1: Yes, his name was Steve Martin exactly, and he's not the actor; <laughs> <laughs> he's the trainer. Um, yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> um yes totally so so that was the the very first my first in, um kind of
0: that was is that when um, you went from really kind of enjoying like,
1: that's the the time when i had
0: is there a delay is that where you Sorry, went, I went from uh yes and being around the animals to really wanting to okay now i i want to work with them and how to train them what did you want to really learn from them yes i
1: think so yes definitely from learn from them and and learn more um and question oh that's the good one question the things that we do um and not only steve martin there were were many many other speakers Mm -hmm. that made such a huge impression on me susan friedman amazing and and i just love her so much and and i quote her a lot Mm -hmm. it will probably will happen during this talk and I will be quoting her. Um, There's just so many amazing people that I met. Um, and, And again, it just helped me realize that some of the things that we do, why do we do them? Like, is it just okay? Because someone told you that that's how you train a dog. Is it really, do you really stay and do that without just even a single thought? Why am I doing this? Maybe there's another way. Maybe I can do it differently. Um, that's what that's that's kind of this started from this um, conference that I started to question things like, for example, when you have a dog and and people say that to train a dog to to teach the dog to um, be holding your arms, so for example, especially a puppy, as, and I was working with puppies, so um, so just take take the dog up and and hold him. Um, and reward as well, absolutely, give him reward. But when he's too wiggly, just wait a little and then let him go. So he will learn that he needs to be calm. Um, but then you would never do that with a wild animal. Never, ever use something like that. And okay, you don't have to hold wild animals, but there are different behaviors that you can teach the wild animal. Um, and they're teaching behaviors like offering a paw or a tail for a blood draw, and they actually come and offer, um, just give, you know, and so that's like, there is no restraint, there is no use of leash, and the animal is coming and, and, and calmly waiting for you to take the sample, which is actually, and some other um, veterinary, um, you know, things that I need to do, and it might be even painful. And the animal, the wild animal, like a lion, tiger, giraffe, what have you um they will be there waiting for you to finish this painful, painful procedure sometimes mm. um and we have we've been told that with the dog, it's okay to just restrain him and wait for him to to calm down, and maybe maybe you can do it a different way so that's that's what it exactly started that it started yeah. to Question everything. And again, it's not about perfection because that, that's what I, I sometimes struggle with like a lot uh, is that, oh my, God, I, oh my God, I can do it differently. I can do it better. And then I, and then I just like, you know, I'm, I'm overwhelmed because sometimes I can't. Sometimes you, there, there are certain things that you, you, cannot, you cannot overcome certain things. Um, all you need to learn, you know, every situation is different. Um, coming back to Susan Friedman, Behavior is a study of one. So one individual in front of you. Mm-hmm. At this certain individual, you might need a different technique. You might need a different, a different approach, a different way. Um, and maybe you don't know this way yet. Um, That's so.
0: we, we, uh, when we spoke last week, we really kind of started talking about all that stuff. And you opened me up to like how behavioral um, psychology kind of is. You know, the study of individuals and how one thing works for each person differently do you find that with the dogs um, and all animals it, it's an individual dog or more along the the uh, lines of the breed itself
1: um individual dog
0: wow
1: it's, it's going to this um yeah and to be honest there are studies uh, now there are people studying dogs um and not just dog behavior but just in general uh, many different um studies are coming out Um, uh, and debunking some of the myths that we have about dogs, around dogs. Um, And one of the findings is that there is uh, more variety within the breed, uh, behavior of variety within one breed, breed than between two separate breeds. So for example, there will be more variety in Labrador retrievers. One Labrador will be more different than another Labrador um from labrador and the cocker spaniel so yeah. there's such a variety in one breed that they're, they're even bigger than than within the breed sometimes
0: yeah can you so, share some other uh some like key kind of learning points you've you've gotten from your you know the teachers that you've learned with in just about um behaviors with you know animals in general and you know as we spoke about a little bit before the idea of you know positive reinforcement and how that differs, like how we use that with um training dogs versus negative reinforcement i know that's really a, a passionate area of yours so um
1: beside animals actually there is a there is a huge field of of human training uh human learning and uh as a companion animal trainer I, uh, my work is around helping the owner to help the animal. So the majority of the work is done by the owner and I need to work with the owner. So I actually work with humans. Um, So then that's why I just got so interested into into human learning and how we can use uh, what I've learned from animals with people. Um, And for example, there is a brilliant, um company and field called TACTeach. Um, and they are using um behavior principles with teaching um humans. And and as you as you as you mentioned, um, there is a distinction with with the positive reinforcement um, and and other, as we call them, quadrants. Um, and I like to, to say that um, it's about consequences. It's about getting, so positive reinforcement works because you, you receive a positive consequence of your behavior. Um, and and it's, a, it's a bigger subject than just getting a reward for something. Um, because, uh, oh, and it's, it's individualized. So what is rewarding for one may not be rewarding for another. Yeah. Um, and are you,
0: really working with the, you're not just working with the human or the pet, you're working as them as, as a, like you said, companion, as the relationship.
1: Right? Yes. Yes. And so, so I needed, I wanted to learn as well how to how to help humans because, for example, um, when I have a dog and I want to learn, want to teach something to a dog, like a, um, for example, loosely walking. Um, I would break it down to smaller um, behaviors, to smaller components. So just starting by being by your side, that I will reward that when the dog is close to you. Then I will add some steps. Then I will add some other difficulties. Um, and even the change in, in the environment changes the situation. So um, so I would start in a very um, quiet environment where there are not, not that many distractions, not that many um smells even and let alone other dogs running around i wouldn't take the dog to go to the park and tell him that he needs to lose lead walking straight away if we didn't uh, do any basics Mm -hmm. but then if i do that with the dog why would i expect humans that know absolutely nothing about it to again, just take them, and that's what you do. That's how you keep the lead. That's how you feed the dog. If if that person that I work with never ever used treats, um, it, you know that many people don't.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, it is it is another behavior. It is another thing that I need to learn. It is a skill. I even sometimes struggle, like you know, the leash get tangled, something, um, and I cannot expect from them to from knowing nothing. To go to the park and, and, and do everything that I'm teaching them. So I break down behaviors for humans just as much as I try to break down for the animal. Because again, we need to learn that it is a skill. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and dog training is actually a skill. There's a lot of actual um, you know, movements um, and, and phys- physical things that you actually need to do. Um, and you need to learn them. If you, if you haven't, then, then you don't know them yet. You cannot expect from, yeah. from your learner to know everything.
0: Well, so what, what do we need to, as humans, you know, bef- what do we need to know before getting a dog? Because, you know, I feel like you're at least, you know, how I grew up, or at least my, my initial, like, thought about it is, you know, I get a dog because I want that companion. Uh, you know, it's fun. It brings me joy. You know, whenever you come through the door and there's a dog there, you know, it's always happy. So it's like, I think that's one of the main reasons we get, yes. you know, pets or something. Do, but what do we need to know really ahead of time? Because like you're saying, it's it's a relationship.
1: Yes, um, I think the most important thing is where the dog is coming from. Um, that would be the most important to me because, um, and there's again, a lot of studies that are showing that where the dog is coming from and what how the dog was socialized already in in the breather that so the the environment
0: the environment that the dog or any animal grows up, up in really is affects them just like yes I-
1: yes it affects them a lot <laughs> um so yeah absolutely and and it changes so much and um and sometimes you know like pe- people just that that's the, the biggest issue that people don't um sometimes thing and and they don't check the the breeder and 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 there's not just their fault absolutely because uh, especially the um puppy farms they know how to get to you they will say in such a beautiful way they will sell you the picture and you just fall you fall in love with the dog and you just get it and then you have many many problems and not all of them are uh, only behavior some of them are very medical problems that you will get like you know thousands of dollars of the vet bill because of the dog grew up in such a bad environment. But on the picture, the, the puppy will be cute and amazing and that's, that's all you get, right? You think that all oh, is amazing is a puppy and puppies are hard work. That's another thing that you need to remember. There is a lot of work with a puppy because they, they're, they're, they don't know anything. They don't know how to operate in a, uh, in a human world. Um, they will be biting, they will be you know, chewing stuff. The, the teeth are coming out um it's normal a lot of it is just a normal dog behavior and we expect them we we have a little bit too much expectations most of the time that especially when you grew up with a dog and and you remember the last part of his years where he was calm and amazing and you know and just a nice companion and then you end up with a puppy that is hyper like energetic and crazy amazing still absolutely that's why we take dogs because they're amazing they are lovely but there's this hard work. There is a lot that, that needs to be done. Um, but again, it depends on the puppy because some puppies will be, will be a lot easier than others. Um, but that's still an individual that you have.
0: So, how do you really uh, begin working with uh, a client? Do you, you know, my only uh, prior ex- ex- uh, expose? Exposing <laughs> to the kind of a dog training is you watching a Caesar Milan <laughs> growing up. Mm-hmm. So how does, how, what's the real kind of process behind you? You know, I have my dog and I call up you and mm-hmm. I want to, what, what do they first reach out to you for? Are they trying to, you know, calm their dog down because it's so rowdy? They're trying to teach it new tricks. What's, uh, what awesome. do people normally reach out to you for?
1: um i usually ask a uh, a question like what is the one thing that you would like to change
0: mm-hmm.
1: um because again we come to we come to behavior change um just think how how difficult is it for you to change your habits
2: yeah
1: it's the same thing with the dog again let's 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 learn from them and learn from us to them um, habits are hard to to break and if the dog for example a uh, a behavior that is quite often is um uh, dog's jumping up. Dog is jumping up on on people and we want to stop that. If he was jumping up on people his whole life, it's a well-established habit. Mm -hmm. And it's absolutely doable to change that. But it's a habit that he has and it will be it, it requires some um some practice. And and for me it's actually not that not that difficult to change. Um but then you know you actually you actually need to you need to change your habits around your dog just as much because oftentimes it is actually your presence that making the dog jump, so well, you need to change something about you um, and how you approach the dog
0: so kind of like what to kind of like how we you know, that that mirror effect you know how what you know what we see around us is a reflection of ourselves that can kind of be applied to our pets as well
1: hmm. kind of partially, but. At the same time, it's just to me. It's like um, environment kind of sends us a cue, yes. cues to and triggers. That's what, what many people use a word. Um, yeah, yeah, or just like trigger from the environment. That, for example, that the and especially that the trigger says that the reinforcement is available. So something that is reinforcing for you. So let's go back to the positive reinforcement. Why is it reinforcement? It's not just about um, being being positive so it it needs to be certain things it can be just as simple as um when you enter a dark room um so there is no light you click on the light switch on and the light is is back on and you, you start to see so the behavior of clicking the light switch on was just reinforced by the light and by the fact that you see that's a reinforcement already it doesn't have to be a um, a positive, you know, like a reward and, and you, you need to, you don't have to feel amazing about it. It's just something that is strengthening the behavior you want to see. Um, it is reinforcing to see.
0: Can you, you explain the, the difference between the positive reinforcement and reward?
1: Um, so uh, to me, reward is just, um, and, and it's again, some people might have different understanding than me. And um, it's just a word and the way, um, to me, it it's, uh, means a little bit smaller things than, than uh, positive reinforcement reinforcement, um, because reward can come. Um, so, for example, when you have a, a company and you have uh, annual rewards um, or like um, uh, monthly rewards, and you reward um, uh, your your workers for um, for this for, for this month, for example. And the, the reward is coming at the end. Um, and that's a, that's a reward. And reinforcement, um, so that's what we usually think about it. And again, it can be, some people will, will say that it's the same thing. Because, because it, it is you that is defining the word. And you can define, define them in the same way. It's, it's okay to, to, to define them however you like and, um, until you, you explain what you mean. Um, So it can mean the same thing, but to me it's a little bit different because because for me reinforcement is something that uh, Is coming straight after the behavior. So it's very closely linked to behavior Um, and and again, it's bigger than a reward in my mind because as I mentioned the um, the example of the light switch on um, is that it, it doesn't seem so, like, rewarding to many people, but it is reinforcing. It strengthens yeah. the behavior. And the same is, like, with the keyboard. Yes. So like back with,
0: mm-hmm. with, the, with the training, what do you find is, like, one of the top, the top answers to um, what's the one thing that they want to uh, change with their relationship with the dog?
1: I, I don't have a pattern. I don't think that I...
0: It
1: is, but uh, I don't, re- don't really get approached for, um, I think, well, no, it actually, the most common will be probably recall, so the dog is not coming back, um, and this is something that you need to teach just as much as you need to teach a trick, so, so you know, when we want the dog, for example, to sit, and, and most of the people will teach, teach a seat, um, but we don't spend time to teach a recall. And it is a behavior and it is something, and, and recall you, um the change of the environment already changed the behavior. So um, when you are in, at home and the dog is coming to you, that's, a, that's, that's great, that's a great foundation. That's where you need to start. But being outside with many different smells, many different dogs, human around, that's a different scenario. That's, that's like level hard of the behavior. Yeah. And you need to go to, to, to that point. Um, and another very interesting thing that I really like to say is that for dogs, um, smell is such a such an. It, we, I don't think that we humans can fully understand how much information they can get for a smell, from a smell, from a scent. Um, and for for them, it's more important than visual. And we will see better in in light than day but they will smell so many things that you you just don't don't even understand so so when the dog is sniffing something Mm -hmm. it's like reading a newspaper or it's like um being on facebook that's what jack patel says always and i love this reference um your dog is on facebook don't call him now he's on facebook he's not listening to you he's reading the news you know um
0: certainly taking a kind of check of his surroundings by sniffing
1: yes he can learn so much there's wow. just it's incredible so like you know you have dogs that smell uh, that that uh, are um, finding disease in people that are um, that are alert dogs for um diabetes even wow. um yeah you there they have. there are alert dogs that will tell you that that you need to you know
0: that, that you're um, <laughs> the, dog, the, of the future are dogs <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, kind of, but you need to what, train them, so you still need trainers.
0: What are, <laughs> what, what are some of the common behaviors, like those dogs that you say jump up on us, what do those generally mean, the body language?
1: Um, he, the dog just follows reinforcement. So it's this simple, so um, he wants something and then we need to, I need. I need to see the situation and so how do I actually approach it? I will ask millions of questions. Well, maybe not millions, but I need to know a little bit more about the situation. Hopefully a video of how the behavior works and how, how it starts. Uh, it might change during the day. So, for example, the dog will be more likely to jump on you in the evening because, because for example, you weren't there and then, and then you are and then the dog you know, wants to do stuff. And... Uh, many times it will be attention-seeking so so he just want you to to he just want your attention and your attention is reinforcing for the dog so it is reinforcing um the behavior of jumping because he wants your attention and oftentimes to the point that even when you scream uh and you tell tell your dog that no don't do it it's still reinforcing because it's still attention and that's exactly the same thing with kids um how often you know um you can see in the supermarkets that parents will will scream at at the child that you know please don't do it, stop it. Um, but it's unfortunately still reinforcing because the child wanted attention of the parent. Um, so it's not a good um you know I, I'm sure that the dog and the and the kid would would rather have a positive interaction with the parent, but but, neg- um, but, the but movie- he takes whatever he takes it's yeah. is still attention so sometimes even looking at the dog is giving him attention
0: but can that can what could that lead to then like they appreciate the attention but if it's consistently negative that wouldn't necessarily be um, reinforcing
1: it will. Was- Still, be many times, but um, it, it, it still depends on the dog and on the individual on the, on the situation. Oh. But oftentimes, it's not severe enough. The the, the 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 voice, the he just wants attention. The attention isn't reinforcing. So even the screaming screaming, the saying no, is still reinforcing. Um, so the behavior will still continue. It won't be it won't be changed. It just, he will just keep doing that, um, and you can see that. So you can test that on your own. Even when you think that I'm, I'm screaming at the dog. I'm saying he knows, so he knows, so he will learn something. Punishment doesn't teach. Punishment doesn't teach nothing. It can only say that um, in these circumstances, this behavior will not give you what you want. That's all it can say. It can modify behavior. It cannot learn any, It cannot teach anything through punishment. Um, and again, it can modify it. So. So oftentimes when, when we use punishment and we say um, to a dog, for example, the dog is um, uh, chewing a furniture and you say, no, don't do it. Um, he will eventually learn that when you are there, he won't be doing this. But when you are not there, the punishment isn't, isn't in place. Yeah. You're not here, you cannot tell him off. So he can still chew. So you, you haven't told him anything Uh, he only realized how to avoid punishment. They can really easily learn how to avoid punishment. Um, But when you give him something alternative to do, and that's where I want to go, I want to give them alternatives. So with the jumping up um, example, I want to teach the dog that keeping four feet on the floor is something that is more reinforcing than, than jumping. So then, what i would suggest is to be quicker than the dog and and approach the dog with the treats uh on the floor because when when he's sniffing the floor he can jump up
2: mm-hmm. so
1: give him a behavior that is incompatible to the thing that he wants to change and teach him this Teach him this positively you don't have to scream shout yeah. say no nothing you can only use use the positive um it, and it, when you do it, consistently enough the dog will learn another behavior that will do instead of the one that you wanted to change
0: how do you um what's the real kind of like learning curve for that because um it normally it might you can start out kind of like with a positive reinforcement but if the behavior kind of just isn't doesn't seem to be clicking you know it's it can be attempting to what's wrong with you or something? Yes. You know, so how, what, is, what is a real learning curve for animals look like? Because like with, ant- with humans, you know, it's up and down and up and down and you really have to know that to be able to sit calmly during the kind of, you know, bottom curve before, you mm. know, what I think, I, think I, I, w- I learned once, I don't know if it was about dogs. Yeah, actually, I think it was, but you know, you, you teach a, a dog, don't get on a, a couch and he's doing it, he's doing it, he doesn't get on the couch, and then right when you think he gets it, or he, yeah, he doesn't get on the couch, right before you think he's, he's done getting on the couch, he gets back on, mm-hmm. and then you, you go in left, if you don't know the learning curve, you go crazy, you're like, what the hell's wrong with this dog? And then you kind of give up, but it's really yeah. just it's a couple more, a little bit more practice to, to get the dog to understand
1: yes and that is that is called extinction curve extinction, um, extinction burst mm-hmm. and uh that is the way so i would approach
0: to humans too humans and absolutely
1: dogs. absolutely it, it is everywhere it's, it's really interesting but Once i
0: learned that actually really helps. yes
1: <laughs> to be honest i would try to avoid to to go there at all so i want to give the dog more choices not to take away something i don't want to take away a cow. I want to give him something that will be more reinforcing than the couch. So, I want to give them alternatives um, so he doesn't even have to go to this burst because the burst will happen. It, it happens with humans um, and it, happen, it happens with dogs, it happens with many, many, any animals. So, so, it means that uh, what was previously reinforced is no longer reinforced. So, you take away the, the reinforcement. And so, so, for example, the couch, like he wanted to be there, is no longer available. And there will be a point, as you said, there will be this this curve that it will be like, I want to go back there, you know, I want to go back again. Um, and I think it's it's like with humans, even with the addictions and like you want to stop drinking coffee or something. And there will be a point when you just that. really that. I know, I wouldn't never do that. <laughs> no, but I just, I don't know, I just looked at a cup and the coffee just came, came to my mind and I'm not stopping coffee, of course. But anyway. Um, so, yeah, so what I would rather do is give more alternatives and more choices and make them um, make them worthwhile. So give the positive consequence of being in a different place, of doing a different behavior. So ask yourself a questions. What, not what you want to not see, but what you want to see. What do you want the dog to do or what you want your human to do? Um, whatever you work with, whoever you work with, um, what is it that you want to see?
0: So replace, then, replacing it with something else, but wouldn't that yes. itself, wouldn't that itself also have kind of a learning curve? So like with the dog, jump, mm-hmm. the, wouldn't mm-hmm. the dog jumping on a couch and you want to teach it to, rather than jump on the couch, I don't know what's a common uh, replacement.
1: Uh, staying on the bed.
0: Staying on the bed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, had there's it's it still would have a tendency even while you're teaching it that new thing to go to the couch, no
1: um yes so so then you you try to to change that in a um kind of a few things that you can do one it, it can be that you you unblock the uh, the couch so you can change the environment so it's it's less easy for him to to go there and at the same time there is another thing that you can use uh, rate of reinforcement so so give him uh something that is reinforcing uh, Um, for longer so like a chew toy or something like that so so all of the reinforcement are coming from the um, from the bed that you want the dog to be in and um, the thing is as you as you mentioned there is a he needs to learn this behavior and he needs to learn in a in a it it will happen in a you know it it takes time to learn a new, new behavior and and again i would like to break it down to smaller pieces so uh, so don't expect straight away that the dog will be there constantly yeah. um, but you know, but you can find alternatives so um uh, so playing with him and, and all of the, the all of the other things that you can you can think of um and then going back to the training scenario, and the training can be just like three minutes training um and and um, it's hard to talk about um about that because i I constantly have like um many different scenarios and yeah. and with a different dog it might be a little bit different. It might be it, it, the way the the living room looks like that might change stuff.
0: It's yeah, it's sounds, it's difficult to, to talk <laughs> about in general, but it's exciting because you really get to work on, you know, one dog at, or one dog or one couple with the dog and the human at a time. So it's like it's really individual but like you're saying, how it led you with the interest and in behaviors.
1: Yeah, and I and I actually um, love sharing about behavior because like I feel that there is a huge need for people to to do that to to be trainers. Um, there is um, I would like to help as many owners and as many animals as I can um, because we can do things better. We just haven't been told. No one knows about it, and I think the the the. The thing that, that keeps me going so much is the fact that I, I keep going to this point where I found out that there is something called animal psychology in my home country, which I didn't know anything of um, until I was like 24. And I'm like, oh my God, where, where did where that was, you know, my whole life? Yeah. And why I didn't know a single thing about it? And that kind of, kind You're of active. frustrates me sometimes. Like, why didn't I know? Why no one knows about it? and now that's kind of a more of my um, inspiration that for me it's it's um i think that the need is so much bigger than that and i want to share that i want more people find more people like me because i believe that there's a lot of people like me that they just simply don't know and when they will enter the field they will be just as excited as i am that you can learn so much and it is a it is you know there's a lot of learning you need to go through Many things, and there's a lot of yeah. unlearning because we've been told so many wrong things, yeah. And so, there's a lot of unlearning that you need to do, but it is so exciting. And what, you, what
0: more- you said reminded me of uh, what I was uh, told one time is that it was it might have been there, but you just didn't have the frame of reference for it at the time. So, like, oh, I, God, I, God. I, I was told one time that the there it took like an Indian so long to recognize the Spanish conquistadors that were coming to on their shore because they had no idea of like a phenomena, they had no phenomena or they had no frame of reference for what a ship was. You know, what was this thing coming towards them? They had no frame for, you have no framework for what you can't see. So, um, the, the, the uh, row Beach seemed to be appear out of nowhere because they couldn't see the ginormous ship. Because nothing in their schemata could make sense of what they were seeing at the time. So it sounds like very similar. It, it might have been there, but also at the time you you started to gain the frame of reference of this idea of, wow, I want to help animals not just be around them or help people with their animals.
1: Yes, exactly. You know? Exactly. I just didn't know that it exists and and I want more people to know about it. I want, I... It came
0: at the right time, though. That's all you can say.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. What, what? And, and, Go ahead. Yeah, and you know, I, I loved animals always, so it was, just, it was just the right thing. Just the right thing.
0: Oh, my, my dog's looking at me right now. Oh <laughs> <laughs> What are some common myths that we have about um, dogs? Or dogs, pets? Let's, we, we've been talking mostly about dogs, and that's probably the biggest. That and cats. Yeah. So what, uh, what are some myths that we have been told?
1: Yeah, there is a specific one that, that, that comes to mind uh, and there have been a lot of studies about it um about a guilty look of a dog and how often we um we just think that the dog the dog know, knows what he's done um because look at him he has this guilty look so they've done amazing study to test that yeah they've done amazing study to test that so it looks like a guilty look absolutely Um but what if you will come home um, when the dog has done nothing but you as a human will come and and, and um, think that he's done something so so they done a study that the owners they told him that he i don't know um, you know peed on the ripped the furniture or something or peed on the couch yeah so they've been angry and the dog did exactly the same thing so he he had this guilty look anyway even without doing anything when he was absolutely you know um he, he hasn't done anything wrong um so the conclusion is it's not that the dog feels that he's guilty it's his aware it's his way to tell you that kind of um or like to to stop you from screaming at him um so it's not about him thinking guilty and I've done something wrong. Because at the same time, I, I've heard something very, very um, interesting as well from, from one of the speakers that um, the dogs and cats probably just think that we are crazy. There is a pee on the couch or a poo on the, on on the, on the sofa or something, and we go crazy. And for them, it's just like, well, that's normal. What are you on about? You know, for a dog, it's nothing.
2: Yeah,
1: it's just for us that is something. So uh, why do we assume that they have, they feel guilty about it? It's a normal normal thing to do, right? so so they there is a there is a lot of studies that proves that it's it's not a guilt nature. yeah and for for them it's just you know and, and you, you know that most of the time you can easily teach the dog to to not toilet in the house because they don't want a toilet in their nest they it's just for them for the dog or a cat the nest is a little bit smaller than, than for us yeah. so we have big houses so it's you need to make it Make in the in the dog's mind he needs to understand that it's the whole thing that is the the nest kinda um or for example, it will be a lot more difficult if you get a dog or a cat from a breeder that didn't take care of the dogs and they've been pooing and peeing in the in their nest, and that will be a lot harder to change wow. so then we' are again coming back to the breeder and and how much they already influence the behavior of the dog for the future
0: Wow interesting. Stuff. Well, I love, uh, I love how we connected and it's also really cool how you combined your, you know, your passion for traveling and pets or animals in general. And it has, you know, recently, as we've been able to catch up a couple of times a month, you know, these wonderful opportunities keep coming into you. Can you share, like you're currently on the Cayman Islands and uh, <laughs> I mean, you mentioned something about going to work with dolphins shortly. Yes. Can you share all the exciting stuff?
1: Yes. Um absolutely so yeah it is it is to me it's still crazy um mm-hmm. so i was looking for a pet sitting um opportunity somewhere and i found one in cayman islands um and, and when i heard cayman Islands, i was like okay i'm going so i didn't even have a single you know i didn't have a second thought um and but um so it was interesting before what happened before as well because um, then i was checking the flights, so i already agreed and then i checked the flights and then i checked that i need to have a visa through us because i need to change in the us um, so then i started to sort everything out to be able to go there and i even moved from one country to another and all of the crazy stuff that i needed to do to be here um, and then i i was like oh my god there is a conference in seattle i want to be there and i reached out to the to the organizer and i and i became a volunteer in seattle um, and, then, and then another change was in, the, in the New York. So when from Seattle to Caymans, all of the flights were changing in New York. And I'm like, okay, I'm going out in, in New York. And I found another pet sit. It, it, it took me a, a long time again to find one. But, but I found and I had amazing cats there that I pet seated. Um, so, so it just kind of felt in place. Um, and the, and the, the conference was just so amazing. It was just, just exactly the place for me to be um and meeting so amazing people um that i want to collaborate with and I just, I just keep talking with and and just just amazing and and here here in cayman's um um i ju- i met a dolphin trainer and and we again talk about behavior and talk about training other animals and it's just so interesting for me so i will be talking about dogs and he will be talking about how how he trains dolphins and he has very um Advanced behaviors that he needs to teach. Uh, I'm I, I normally don't um, train these advanced behaviors. I I deal with the with the as you said with the owners so they have like a jumping up problems, recall problems, just a little bit more less advanced, let's say. And he will have the whole loops like the dolphin needs to fly out from the from the pool and jump. Um, needs well you know he, he wants to teach him and as well the the husbandry behaviors so and um, so the dolphin being okay with taking the sam- blood sample so so coming to a station for example and and giving a blood sample stuff and, and some other behaviors that they do um and for me it's just incredible to to be even hearing about it yeah. um and yeah and and i visited them and hopefully we'll be back a little bit more uh, and yeah. to I'm see and to talk with them
0: I'm mean, interested to see and hear about what you learn all from the different animals and the trainings you get taught because every time you talk about it and just talking with your colleagues and people you want to collaborate with, you bite up. So it's fun. It's fun to learn. about
1: I know. It's just so amazing to me. Um, and, and actually, um, so, so, you know, so I'm still I'm still learning about the um, I, I will still be I will still visit the Dolphin facility. Which, which is just that's something that I will never ever think that I will, it, it, it didn't even occur to me that they have often facility in Caymans. Honestly, I didn't even know that they have it. Um, and I just, it just happens. Um, and, and now after that, I'm going to, uh, to train horses. Um, and I was already a little bit doing that, but, mm. uh, but I don't have enough, I feel like I don't have enough knowledge because, you know, there's again, this different species. So, uh, and it's, uh, it's, um, and the behavior is behavior but and and i actually can learn so much from a different species training a different species makes me a better dog trainer that's that's what i totally believe
0: it has relevancy in every other kind of area
1: It it is and and um so when you're open-minded and you you start to see a different things from different po- perspective from different point of view um and and then you can even question things that, oh, maybe I can do it differently from the, with the dog as well. Maybe I can try that with the dog. Or or maybe sometimes I can take some of my dog training to the dolphin training or to the horse training. That's what I've been doing with the dog. Maybe you can try yeah. that. You know, it's all... And, and, and again, we, we learn from each other. It's the most important thing is to actually reach out. Um, and being a dog trainer, sometimes it can be very um, solitary. It can be... Um, you know, people people feel lonely, um, and that's why the conferences are just so important. Mm-hmm. And, and then, so you connect with other people, but also you learn from them so much. You can then take all of that um, to your practice. Um, so that's why I just love conferences, and I definitely need to. One day, I need to create one. I feel like I have to create one.
0: Conference. Definitely,
1: and invite. We'll people. have
0: one. We'll have one for <laughs> dogs and humans together.
1: Exactly. That's that's the one that was in Seattle. Is the convergence of human and animal training, um, and that was so exciting. That's something really really cool. Wow. The convergence side, yeah.
0: Oh, so, out of the blue question: Will we ever teach dogs to talk to us?
1: Talk to us? I do, but but because they they can say yes or no <laughs> by the by their body language. So communicate with us and like, yes, I'm okay. Or like, no, thank you. Not right now. And interestingly, I think, yeah, you read the blog. That it's, that it's just interesting that when you allow the dog to say no right now, and you don't don't make him come because you can, you can just call him and he will come back. But if you allow um, a moment, you start to see that the dog is actually engaging more, not less that when he, you know, I, I, I'm not 100% sure how it does it exactly work, but um, but you just start you, you just kind of see that um, it's the same thing with humans when we are when we, when we are forced to do something or when we feel that we have to and we have no other options then then it's less um, fun to, to to stay with it um, and if if we um, if we can kind of if we have a way to interact with our environment. So this is us that is, that is actually make the changes. So, so when you want to, to work with your dog on, on a behavior, teaching him, I don't know, to lie down, um, but he wants to go somewhere else and you allow him to go, um, but you stay here and, and he knows that the reinforcement is still in play, that when he will come back, that you will still teach him, you will still work with him. Yeah. Um, he, eventually, he will learn that that oh, I can I can actually say no and I can actually say yes and that's awesome and that's what that, that's that's kind of empowering kinda, the dog. It, you just start to see that the dog is more engaged, than less. empowering the dog. Yeah. You, you
0: brought up a good. I have a question. That's how I communicate. My my dog sometimes <laughs> he moved his head. <laughs> He's on the couch in the other room. And sometimes he'll <laughs> he'll he'll want to go to the bath or to the bathroom. He'll want to go for a walk. And so he, he, right as I said, walk, he turns. He wants to go for a walk. And so, you know, he comes up, he jumps on me. And so he starts playing with his toy. And so I get up, I go grab the leash and I'm waiting by the door and he, and then he, but he doesn't come until I'm like, okay, you know, like, come on. And sometimes they come, but other times he'll kind of like shy, shyly, you know, he'll put his head down and kind of like shyly walk over for me to put the the leash on or the collar on the leash on his collar
1: interesting interesting i would i would possibly try to to change something and test that so what is it that he's shy from that's in, what i'm
0: curious about as well
1: yeah um and you can so what you can possibly yeah you can possibly change you can change a couple of things you can call him in a different place not close to the doors and try to put the collar somewhere else it may be actually the color some dogs are actually color shy um and you can you can try that so even maybe without the belief but but just touch his color and see if he's moving away or not see if he's staying with you um all of his behavior uh, all of the small things uh, as, as you mentioned already it is brilliant that you've seen that these he's walking in a different way he's mm-hmm. he's shying out a little bit um all of that matters and all of that may Means something um and we don't know until we test that's the problem like yeah. i cannot tell you that oh that's what it means no, no but it's,
0: it's some great ideas for, for me to experiment with you know because sometimes yeah I'll
1: exactly walk,
0: sometimes if i walk towards him so i notice he doesn't come towards me sometime but if i walk towards him he'll stay put mm. but then when i get a little closer and want to put my the, the the leash on his collar he'll like shy down a little bit and then fall on his back <laughs> It's the cutest thing, mm-hmm. but uh, no, thanks. I'll, I'll experiment <laughs> with different things,
1: yeah, and maybe even try a different color. Maybe, maybe he can, I you don't know, maybe he wants to try something a uh, different, different.
0: We'll see. I'm gonna go walk, maybe, walk it's him loud.
1: Loud. maybe it's something. Um, uh, I would suggest as well to to grab some treats and and um, and feed him something that he likes. Uh, the small, we'll meaty things will be it, the yeah. best. Um, it can be even like a
0: Sorry. We give him uh, cheese after his walk. My mom. Yeah, cheese is good
1: as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And but and you can you can always um, um, see how how the treats changes stuff. So how he is approaching when you have treats is he not lying down on his on his back? Is he not showing right. them? No. Wow. Um, you can put them on the floor and uh so he's done sniffing that you know yeah very cool. there's a lot of things that you can try so try those and you yeah. know, let me know and we will see we can figure out other things
0: <laughs> well, this has been really fun and I, I love talking about not only behaviors but learning about you and all you're doing with the animals and how we can learn from that and apply it to our own lives so uh how can people follow along yeah. with like your journey i've read uh, all your blogs and they're very nice and quick and very you know fun to read about because you combine the passion for traveling with the animals and learning about behavior so how can uh, where can people read that and stay kind of up to date and how often do you write them
1: um unfortunately i'm not as consistent as i would like to be so so i cannot say how often it will be just kind of mm. you know especially when you travel yeah um, things come up mm-hmm. um but, but I, I am blogging. So, so you can check, um, uk um, and then slash blog. Um, so that's where you can find me. Um, and then on Facebook, it's woofs and Instagram the same. Um, and, and I would definitely love to people, for people to reach out to me if they want to learn more. Um, I'm always open to chat and to, and to, um mm, point people in the right direction if there's anyone that wants to um explore the possibility of working with animals um i know many ways that you can do it and how you can start so so oh. you can reach out
0: can they reach out to you uh, on uh, on your website
1: yeah there is a there is an email um or, or on facebook yeah
0: cool well thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and
1: it was such a pleasure
0: to some more areas of life and behavior changes and learning to, to build a relationship with our dog in and of itself, and not just to have that dog there to make us feel good, but to treat it as another being.
1: Perfect, I love what you say. You just sum up it so brilliantly, thank you so much. And you always ask amazing questions, so it was such a pleasure to be here. Thank you, thank, thank you for you. the invite.
0: Of
2: course.
1: Thank you. Yeah.
0: Thank you very much for tuning in and listening to these wonderful gifts, which I hope have brought you some great value. We have many more guests to come and gifts pour over this world. And don't forget, if you have enjoyed any of these episodes or would like to hear some more, please leave me a review on Apple or Anchor Podcast or that little star on Outcast. I'm always looking for topics to learn and talk about, gifts to share, and value to bring to us all. For more updates, check out SolomonEzra.com. You can also sign up for my newsletter about new podcasts and blogs.